You're listening to a podcast from the Media Motel. Coming up this week in episode 523, the cancellation of Roy Chubby Brown, TikTok vigilantes and the beatification of ABBA. That's all coming up after Foxes and Scar. We were banging on the doors of heaven before, but we didn't have a chance in hell. Still I tried to save it. My soul hit the floor and it hurt to the core and I didn't have nobody to tell. Didn't want to face it. You caught me deep. She has a new album scheduled for later in the year, but this is from her most recent, her second album. It reached number 12 in the UK from All I Need, Foxes and Scar. Mm, That's a great choice. A lovely, lovely voice. I agree with you. Welcome to the Parish Council. It's episode 523. I'm Terence Stackham. And here's the Cristiano Ronaldo, the Emma Raducanu of audio. It's Juliet Harris. I mean, I have no qualifications whatsoever. I I didn't leave the podcast and come back. I haven't achieved anything particularly great within the last 24 hours. So I I must take issue with your comparison, which is, as always, too kind. Hello. Quick quick question. How many followers does Cristiano Ronaldo have on Instagram? Oh, man. Um, Three million. 340 million followers. Wow. Oh, my God. That is that that is such a head scrambling number, isn't it? Oh my wow, wow! One hundred and fifty I mean, million followers on Facebook, ninety-four million followers on Twitter. Wow! And also that's uh, that's, that's interesting to compare those figures to see how widely used each of those so each of those social mm-hmm. medias are. 
Yeah, absolutely. Insta, Insta seems to be the one now, and it's interesting. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll have another discussion on this at some mm. point. But when I, when now we're all back in the world a little bit and kind of you know sort of going out and about again, uh, you know, safely and securely, obviously. Um, I'm, I'm encountering new people, meeting new people again on trains and in pubs and things. And when you sort of you know talk about you know, well, well, slightly younger folk, when you sort of talk about yeah. sort of, when you're working out that you're going to fall into a friendship. In the olden days, you might find someone on Facebook. You might maybe follow them on Twitter. Nowadays, everybody asks for your Instagram handle. Mm, that seems to be the yes. thing that, that people want. Very much so. Yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo, 340 million. Lionel Messi, 262 million. Wow, that oh. is that is pretty pretty incredible, isn't it? Yeah, really? Although yeah. I wonder, like my Instagram, I wonder how many pictures they've put up of their shirts and their records on chairs. I hope it's they a lot. can't compare with you on that at all. <laughs> that's, that's, in that on that metric, I'm winning. Yes, I don't know much about the comedian Roy Charby Brown. Mm. I, I know he's been appearing around the country for decades and he's very popular. Mm. I've never seen his act, but in the interest of understanding his oeuvre, um, I watched a oeuvre, YouTube yes. video. <laughs> yes, I watched a YouTube video of his live performance from the 1980s. It was 90 minutes long. I lasted two minutes. It mm. was horrible and I yes. hated it. He's 76 years old and this week the City Trust in Sheffield stepped in to cancel a gig booked of Roy Chubby Brown for January 2022 they said I quote we must uphold the standards and values that we promote and expect across our venues this is because his humor um, is of a very sort of adult nature and very controversial nature now there's a fine line to inch along when it comes to self-expression yes. and even more so when a local authority or similar yes. makes a judgment on behalf of us all so Jules my question is in terms of comedy and comedians, freedom of expression is to be defended at all costs, but only so long as it's Nish Kumar making fun of Donald Trump or Boris Johnson. Well, it's interesting, this, isn't it? So, so reading this story it, it, as as always there there's more to that sort of meets the eye with the story. I think, or at least there's there's sort of you can tease out interesting facts. Now, so so I mean. Yeah, Nish Kumar does criticise Boris Johnson and, and and Donald Trump. Obviously, that is more my sort of political thinking than perhaps in the other direction. Having said that, I've never seen Nish Kumar be be racist about either of those people, or at least be in in danger of appearing racist. I mean, as you say, Roy Joby Brown's humour is just horrible, isn't it? Really, it's mm. it's really unpleasant, and it's it's far more he's far more in danger of leaning towards that sort of thing. I can see the council's point here in that I do feel that some of some of Roy Roy Chubby Brown's humour tips beyond. I mean, we've had the satire chat previously, haven't we, as to what what's counts as satire and is just unpleasant. Um, I, I for me, it slightly goes beyond my taste in terms of oh well, I don't find this funny, but I can see that it's good and it's it's really pretty grim. Having said that, well, the real story here, and and I have sympathy for the council in 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 pulling the gig because as someone that works for a local authority, there's a real not preoccupation there's a real priority around the the public face that you are presenting and inclusivity that's a really big thing having said that when you look at the the, the bbc article um the so the, the the venue is the oval hall not familiar with this venue the capacity is 2373 which is a pretty big venue isn't it really i'm not sure it doesn't count as an arena but it's quite it's quite large isn't it um so they said that the ticket holders have been refunded for the event. Now, how many ticket holders do you think there were, Terence, out of that? Oh, I don't know. I, 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 it's a 2000, at this stage, I would, have, I would have expected half of it to be sold. It's January 22, so there's plenty yes. of time to go. Yeah. All 300 ticket holders have oh been refunded. Okay, so, so, so actually, although I, I probably, I suspect when, when, when you, you do your, you, when you do your response to the prosecution, uh, being me, uh, um, when, when, I probably have more sympathy towards the venue having to try and take a view on this than you do. Having mm. said that, given that 28,000 people have signed the petition against freedom of speech, one, one wonders if a better approach might have been to let it happen and not have not have many people attend and just have it be a damp squib and, and, and pass without comments. The chances are they might have cancelled it eventually anyway, because if you've only sold 300 tickets, 
it doesn't strike me that you were going to sell that many more. Although I take the point that it's not it's not due until January. I, I mean, I so so in terms of letting it go ahead. I do. I mean, councils are having to do, local arts are having to do with a, a number of issues at the moment, including particularly taking in refugees. That's a very big issue in local local authorities at the moment. I mean, I I, I do think that that Roy Chubby Brown's comedy is is hateful. I think it. I think you, your good good statement of yours that you said that you hated it, and I think no. that really, that really is that really is the sort of the number of it really. I don't think that. I mean, I watched a little bit of it as well, and like you, it lasted two or three minutes. Mm. I didn't see any craft in it. Interestingly, a, a circuit comedian commented on on personal media uh, social media earlier this week that they didn't agree with this uh, with his humor that 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 this bloke was you know sort of a kind and thoughtful man i'm not mm. really very sure that anyone that that is willing to make and they said oh he's a kind of thoughtful man he just mm, makes his yeah. money doing this mm. i'm not convinced that, that anybody that does that, that that you know peddles in this kind of hate particularly sort of with a sort of a knowing oh well you know i don't really feel like this but this is just you know how i make my money i think it's it's, that's a it's silly nothing. argument. That's like saying, oh, I punched him in the face, yes, but, but you know, I really... gave him a big smile after. Yes, exactly. But he's a really nice man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's um, yeah. But anyway, so I'm I'm uncomfortable with this kind of hate being given a platform. Having said that, I, I note that the fact that it hardly sold any tickets anyway, it seems to have been, you know, they're not letting him perform and being cancelled. Having said that, I do think that that certain Certain elements of the press and of society generally at the moment are using being cancelled as a bit of a bandwagon. I mean, it seems like most we try to avoid the same topics, but it seems like most topics seem to come back to the same few root values at the moment. And one is, you know, we're living in the area of is it cancel culture or, as my friend put it the other day, why I've been silenced due to cancel culture exclusively in my 5,000 mm. word column in this week's Sunday Telegraph. So, so yeah, maybe so, so I, I can, I have sympathy for Sheffield council take or Sheffield city trust taking the values based approach that they have to. Having said that, the fact that hardly anybody wanted to go anyway is perhaps more telling and maybe they should have just worked on that basis. I'm not sure. It's a tricky one. This. I don't have any sympathy with the city trust in Sheffield. No surprise there. I find this very troubling. Only this week, and quite rightly, in my view, Piers Morgan was cleared by Ofcom in relation to comments about the Duchess of Sussex. And I say quite rightly, he's entitled to his view, whether we agree to it or not, is immaterial. And there's a mountain of double standards at play here. Julian Clary has made appalling comments about people, in, including a, a government ministers, continues to appear in Panto for children jonathan mm. ross russell brand abysmal comedy aimed at andrew Sachs. their careers thrive ricky gervais jimmy carr some dreadful jokes they continue to appear live and on tv we can't have a cancelled culture that only satisfies the left in life you have to own responsibility for your own actions now if you don't like the idea of a roy chubby brown show do the same as me don't buy a ticket I wouldn't go if you offered me £100, but I defend the right of anyone else to make their own decision and go along if they want to. I suppose so. I mean, my only slight pushback to that, I, I suspect we're not going to agree on this, but my only <laughs> slight pushback to that, as you as you so rightly noted when emailing me this week, but the, the, uh, yes, the, the only I thing I would, would say... Agree, yeah. No, the, I suppose the only thing I would say, and, and it kind of feeds into a conversation we've had previously about the Nicky Campbell stuff and, and you know, mm. satire isn't satire when it's a personal attack on something. Mm. Um, and to be fair, Roy Chubby Brown is not the... He, I suppose he's one of the last the last of a sort of a generation of comedians that that, mm. that did sort of, uh, you know, humour that is either politically incorrect or is just offensive. And in, and in some cases, and not necessarily here, but in some cases sort of borders on racism, I suppose really it the, the comments that, that, you know, Sachs and all those examples that you give mm. were appalling, they were in most cases aimed against a particular person. Or aimed yeah. against particular people, which is really unpleasant. Yeah. If you if your if your comedy is based on hatred of 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 general characteristics of people, I do have a bit more of a problem with that. I must admit, but then that is just my view. And uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to express <laughs> it. I hope you won't edit me out of the podcast and oh. cancel me. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, Juliet couldn't make it this week. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I'll, I'll publish a column in the Brighton Argus, telling everyone that I've been silenced. <laughs> yeah. 
Coming up next in the courtroom of TikTok, where social media vigilantes are watching you. (laughs) Here we go. That's right after Little Boots. Communication is never simple, especially when it's you. this week and we, we're going to go and, and and chat about sort of one of the reasons why she's in the news but um i i really like uh, little boots aka victoria hesketh um brilliant singer um she won i think she either did well or won one of the bbc's sound of polls in about well we saw her performing at um witchwood festival in 2009 and thought she was absolutely brilliant her debut album for which that was taken hands is such a, a neglected album i think it's a real sort of synth pop treat she's an excellent pop writer in the news this week because she's been announced as the touring synth keyboard and backing vocalist for the abba shows that are coming up which i'm so so pleased with her there was a absolutely considering that her solo career has sort of bumped along a little bit Mm. and she's been producing her own records for the last few years i'm just so pleased for her and she posted a a lovely picture that was in black and white of her and one of one of the blokes i couldn't tell which one was which one one of the chaps um sort of playing keyboards in rehearsal and she the way that her hair was sort of styled and it was in black and white it, it really could have been taken in the late 70s early 80s it was it was it was really lovely i wish her every success with it that's a a, a brilliant pop tune i think she's got such an ear for a melody in a not dissimilar way to ever i think that was taken from hands and it was a tune into my heart 
Yes, like I'm surprised she hasn't had, had more yeah, mainstream success, exactly. but delighted that she's uh, got this gig with the with the ABBA mm. situation. This week, well, this that's Scottish... a great name for a tribute band. I want to a band. I want to form the ABBA situation. The ABBA with, situation, you know, with, even yes. better than the Ian Duncan Smiths. That would be really good, wouldn't it? <laughs> this week, the Scottish comedian Janie Godley found herself in the spotlight mm. for reasons she clearly wished could have been avoided. Uh, hiding in plain sight were multiple tweets she posted over, which uh, were uh, really unpleasant. On. Yeah, she uses various slurs both against people she uh, feels have wronged her, but also just people against whom she seems to have taken a dislike. And you're right there. She's taken again, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, taken again. Um, there seems to be no particular catalyst for, for her outings. Uh, for example, Janie Godley, she made terrible accusations about Cliff Richard a few years ago in the name of comedy, and I was expecting her mm. roof to fall in then, but nothing happened. But now we know that both Instagram and more recently TikTok have become the more popular social media outlets but it isn't all just Cristiano Ronaldo posing with his children or Mm. other people putting up 20 second lifestyle videos there's a new development where you could be sitting in a bar or somewhere thinking you're in a safe space chatting with your friends or family but lurking at the next table uh, there might be a TikTok vigilante and and Jules you've been researching into this new twist I have, yes, absolutely. I uh, d- like I said, I, I like to live my life on the front lines for the purposes mm. of this podcast. This is in no way me reading the internet in my pajamas, and every way me going out into the wider community. But anyway, this um interesting. I'd I'd sort of seen whispers of this previously, and the excellent um lifestyle, f- mostly for women, I think. I'm not sure. It seems to be largely based at women. The lifestyle site Refinery Twenty Nine, which I would recommend wholeheartedly. I think. Um, posted this this article this week the headline and i i I have to say they are the only thing i would criticize them for is that they are rather inclined towards slightly clickbaity headlines my relationship was derailed by a stranger's viral tiktok i mean in a way that sounds a little bit also like a half man half biscuit song i'm expecting that to appear on their next album but this is a nightmarish opening paragraph picture this it's 8 a.m on a saturday you're already awake because today's your last bridal fitting downstairs your family family gathers to discuss wedding breakfast auctions. You open your phone for your usual morning scroll through TikTok. The first video that welcomes you is of a young woman posing flatteringly, her face overlaid with text reading, if you're marrying a builder called Adam from London on the 27th of August, please message me. I know what happened on the stag do. It's you. You're marrying Adam and his dirty laundry is now airing in a viral TikTok created by user Polly J. Webster. You can see the 380,000 pairs of eyes which have already seen it before you got the chance to. And the people they belong to all have ideas about what you should do next. Um, yeah, so so there's this new TikTok trend in town, which is called catching cheaters, and it's got a, a a sort of a, a, a not exactly a hashtag, but dump him is the kind of the 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 expression that's used to cover this, and it's this idea that um um and it's not even it's not even just like you know sort of for want of a better expression, sort of young women doing this. Apparently, the American competitive Olympic diver Tyler Downs found himself sitting on a plane next to a man he suspected of cheating on his wife because he could read the man's text over his shoulder. God. Posted a video exposing the allegedly unfaithful husband. Seconds long clip. Man in question, faces filmed, and Downs encourages followers to identify him with the follow-up comment, anyone know this man? Now... I I hate people that cheat and as as someone that, that identifies as feminist, I'm all for, you know, sort of women protecting each other. This is really grim. I mean, the idea that that, that bloke reading someone's text next to them, how is he meant to know who that bloke is married to and who his girlfriend is? And secondly, why is it does it fall to him to identify this on social media? This is something I think unusually we will agree on this week because I, I, I think this is really... I think this is really awful, and and this, the the fact that it is done so publicly as well. It's one thing being friends with someone, and you know, and this has happened to me before. And in, in, you know, being friends with 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 you know either with someone or with two people in a couple, and then you find out information that one of them is cheating on the other. Oh, I had Lord. a particular grim sort of thing of that once, and one of them owned up to me, and I then didn't know what I had to do in mm. terms of in terms of the other person. That is dreadful. But if you know someone personally perhaps you have you may do have a duty of care 
you know, is it to, to your friend if they're being cheated on or whatever? That's a different kettle of fish to posting on TikTok for 380,000 people to see that someone that you don't know may have been cheated, you know, may have been cheated on. I think that goes beyond sort of looking out for each other. And that's just it's censor. It was it's censorship and it's moral censorship and judgment in a really unpleasant way. I think I'm really not at all comfortable with this. No, I, I have a friend of whom I'm very fond, but I'm not in agreement with uh, a little project she has called uh, something. It's called something like Tales on the Tube or something. And um, she posts these things on, on Twitter and Facebook. Mm. And it's a series of photos of strangers on underground trains who maybe look a little unusual or are mm. wearing unusual clothes or behaving oddly or even sweetly. Maybe perhaps, let's say, a couple in a smooch or something. But putting these clandestine photos on social media feels wrong to me and people including my friend when challenge says oh they're in public so this is okay it's legal but i'm I'm not convinced of that (laughs) in the uk and in any case there's a moral judgment here as well as a, a, a legal one but as far as the outing of cheating by partners or potential husbands and wives it's a it's a it is a difficult one are we better off not knowing and carrying on a possibly happy life or should mm. we be grateful at finding out what this cheating person is up to before even greater damage is done but the one thing i know for sure in relation to this um, the tiktok business is that if anyone does need to find out their partner is cheating on them the last place they are yes. likely to want to find out is alongside half a million strangers on tiktok Yes, I completely agree. That's 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 what I'm trying to say, really. It's it's like, you know, is, is is this the most sensitive way to do it? Because if if you're the fact of the matter is as well, is that it becomes less about this TikTok vigilantism and and this can be the same way in any kind of person sort of standing up for others' rights in public. It becomes less about the others and more about the person doing it. So I think it's very telling that, you know, the video of, of poor old Adam the Builder and Adam the Builder's mm. other, no longer other half, the, um, the, 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 the girl that doing the video talking about it, it's, it's, it's a, a selfie video of the person talking. Yes, they've got the text overlay, but the fact that it's a flattering thing of their them. Mm. it's it right that that aspect of it right i mean i think it's bad enough there's a culture of people filming videos of others cheating and then and then posting that that's bad enough and intrusive enough but this idea that you know i'm going to tell the world that he's tweeting he, he's cheating here's a picture of me looking great yes. you know it's it's a little bit kind of you know it, it becomes more about the person aren't i great and also very good looking whilst uh, whilst doing this and uh, you know and, and, and exposing them and it's like mm, this is this is just you showing off how great yes. how supposedly great you are aren't you really it's it's less of a public service and more of a kind of a self-aggrandizing thing in some yes. cases i think and that's what makes it so offensive that you know people uh, you know un- un- unleash this kind of dra- you know, unleash these lions into into you know a personal situation of which they probably don't know very much about given that they're not they don't know the people involved you know like you say having a quiet word in someone's ear if you know them and you're worried about the situation is one thing doing it in public to a load of strangers it's more about the person you know and of course that video gets lots of hits on their social media doesn't it in an age where everyone seems to be fixated on numbers and views and follows on their social media who are you doing this for the answer is probably you isn't it rather than anyone else certainly so coming right up Mm. call the pope it's time to propose sainthoods for ABBA. Hey. <laughs> That's next after you, Roy, and Santi Gold.
reggae classic originally by John Holt mm. in 1968. It's a wonderful collaboration from a new album, Solid Gold Uroy. That mm. was Uroy with Santi Gold and Man Next Door. That is great. I have a huge amounts of time for both of them. So it's love. I mean, I remember Santi Gold when she was Santo Gold. So I have yes, a huge amount of time for the two of them and, and separately and in that collaboration. And also Man Next Door is such a great song. I've never heard a bad version of that. No. Massive Attack covered it with Horace Andy to great effect on um, uh, Mezzanine, I think, in uh, 1998. It's a, it's a absolutely um, it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant tune. And it was lovely to hear that there great version by the slits as well in their early oh yes years. i forgot about that yeah 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 we won't be hearing any more from your roy sadly he he left this world uh, earlier this year just oh uh, i'm sorry to, i didn't know that album. i'm really sorry mm. to hear that well you would have to have been living in a cave for the last mm. two weeks to be unaware that abba are not only releasing new music but also as we reported over a year ago yes here, we did are planning to stage what they call they're calling a magical space circus show in which <laughs> the four members of ABBA appear digitally alongside mm. a live 10 piece band, including, as you noted earlier, yes. Little Boots. But before we get into that, Jules, how about a surprise quickfire oh, and a quiz? Did oh, you know man. about this? You did not. I walk into this every single yeah. week. You send me a little email going, oh, we're going to talk about this, yes. this and this. And next thing I know, I'm up to my waist in Spotify trying to work out what everyone's most played songs are. It's a quiz called SOS. What do you know about ABBA? I mean, I think <laughs> I will need SOS quite early on, I think. But let's let's try and Let's see. I, I, again, I don't have a lot of faith in my performance on this. But anyway, again, our quick fire quiz is based on UK chart sales and achievements. Ah, you right. can have a quick guess or I'll give you multiple choice. So OK, let's try. How many ABBA singles are there, Juliet, in the UK top 100 single sellers of all time? Oh, so the top 100 singles. How many ABBA singles are there in that? Eight? Nil. <gasps> Amazingly, really? ABBA wow. has no singles in the UK. In fact, I worked my way down to about 175 and they still weren't any. Wow, um, that's a real surprise. Uh, that'll come back into question number two here, which will explain it a little bit more. Question two. What is ABBA's top selling single in the UK of all time? Um, oh, I've got several options here. Uh, Dancing Queen. 
is the correct answer. Ah, that's the one that I, I was going on. What ABBA song do you have to make the least effort to hear when you're out and about? And it's yes, their, if you're at any disco or function, exactly. you will hear Dancing Queen. It's their only million seller single. A oh, real surprise. A slight surprise as 1. well. 1.65 million. Um, a bonus point for what year was it a hit? 75? 76, I'll give you that. Ooh. Very good. Um, now, I've also got uh, their top five top-selling singers of all time. Just very, very quick ah, fire. Okay. Tell me who, what they are. And well, Dancing Queen will be one of them, I see. That was then, number one, yeah. Million, million yeah. Seller. Um, Super Trooper? It's number two. What year for a bonus point? 1980. Brilliant. Brilliant. I, I, I know this because last New Year's Eve, I was watching one of those Channel 5 cheapy put together best songs of the to people's favorite songs of the 80s we don't know who they asked to vote given that there were no madonna songs in there at all which <laughs> made no no sense at all but yes abba's super trooper was in the top 10 i think and Dancing um, queen at one super trooper at two what are the other three in the top five winner takes it all no oh, um alan partridge oh i know me knowing you what year uh-huh. for a bonus Oh man, um, seventy-eight. I'll give you it seventy-seven. Ah, um, change your mind. Oh, um, take a chance on me. Bonus point for the oh. year. Oh man, um, seventy-six. Seventy-eight. I'm only going to. Oh, that's a late. No, fair enough. Point there. And finally, I wouldn't have thought this was in the top five, but again, I think wasn't didn't Alan Partridge name his son after this one? Oh, Fernando. Correct. Bonus point for the year? 77? 76, I'll give it to you. Oh, wow. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I mean, they, they had some good tunes, didn't they? You can't really argue against, against their, uh, against their tunes. I, I remember someone tweeting years ago now that at one point the, um, the BBC had a war, cor- I think it was a war correspondent, someone that was out there called Ben Ando. <laughs> and uh, someone no. said, "How much self-control does it does it take the anchor to not to yeah. say? Can you hear the drums, Ben yes. Ando? Yes. Oh Lord. Uh, question three of four. How many number one singles for ABBA in the UK? And I'll give you a little leeway each side. Number one singles for ABBA in the UK. Six. Nine. Oh wow. Okay. Number of number one albums for ABBA in the UK. Um, nine. Correct. Also, nine. Uh, I, I wondered. I wondered if, if you know, if in doubt, just regurgitate the information <laughs> you've just been told. Is always my approach. Final question, and and I accept this is not really an ABBA question, but the, there we go. <laughs> um, ABBA Gold is the second best-selling album of all time in the UK, behind. Oh man, um, one by the Beatles. No, no, it's a it is a greatest hits. Oh, I should know this. Um, I don't know. Is this the real? Oh, um, Queen's greatest hits. Queen's Queen's greatest hits. Going to give you a quarter of a point there. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's very of... generous because I needed yes. quite a heavy prompt. On and that. it wasn't anyway. really, uh, wasn't really an ABBA question, really. It was more a Queen question. No, so you, you, you did very, did very well, especially with the top five um, mm. selling singles in the in the UK and the number one albums. So new songs and a concert, mm. as we said, with the four members of ABBA appearing digitally in a custom built arena at the Olympic mm. Park in London. This is very peculiar isn't it i mean it I, is. I, yes it's it very is. strange and one thing that i was wondering about ticket prices don't seem too excessive or wouldn't no. be if you were seeing the real thing yes but for a digital performance it's about 65 quid for general admission which is standing just before, yes. below the stage 82 pounds 50 for a seat and between 140 pounds and 180 quid per ticket to be admitted into a terrifying place called a dance booth now <laughs> You love a bop, Jules. Um, so you'll be shelling out for the the dance booth at this ABBA gig. A bit, I have to say, with you on that, it does sound like the third circle of hell, doesn't it? Yeah. Really, I'm not. I'm not sure. I would pay not to do that. I think yeah. rather than to do that, it's, it's a peculiar one. This, isn't it? it? Is. I am. Um, I I love ABBA, and I was talking about this with some friends of mine that are big ABBA fans that were visiting yesterday. Who I'd said that something was exciting, and they went, "Oh, speaking of exciting, ABBA are back," mm-hmm. and that was a, the the best. That was a segue that was worthy of us on this podcast, I think, or even worthy of the one show in terms of its <laughs> unusual gear shifts. But um, yeah, I I. It sounds like quite an interesting experience, doesn't it? Whether whether or not the ticket prices are justified, given that they're not the real band, I don't know. But it sounds like a heck of a show. And I, I said to them, 
you know, oh, I, I didn't bother to get a ticket, but, you know, m- maybe I slightly regret that. Maybe I would at least like to see the spectacle. I'd pay for a standing ticket, I think. Mm. And they said, and I thought... There's plenty still available, by the way. The, oh, Everybody was going on about the first few nights being sold. Yes. Out. Everybody wanted to go the first few nights. But I had a good look yesterday because I wanted to mm. check on the ticket prices. And there are loads available through uh, well, uh, the summer. Oh, well, I might, I might, I might pop up and see it if it if if it's that. And actually, interestingly, they said when I was talking to them about it, and they said, well, they had the impression it'd be interesting to see that they were sort of testing the water to see how successful it was. And and the the chap that I was speaking to said, well, I think it will turn into one of those things where it'll be on sort of semi permanently, or, or you can go yeah. sort of every yeah. so often. You know, that it will it will just become like a sort of a bog standard attraction, really, because I think that Abba's fame and Abba's reach into our lives with their pop music is so I mean they just sort of they've just become like kind of back, background noise in the nicest way really like the Beatles are for us I suppose that, mm. that they are just their their fame just they just seem to have become a part of life more than anything else I think so it'd be interesting I mean the fact that the demand was phenomenal like you said for the first few nights it'd be interesting to see so that how much of a success it is we we spoke about this uh, the oddness of the show at the time really mm. it sounds like it's a huge experience it's sort of a real experience mm. i think I, I would like to see it out of curiosity and i think a lot of people will probably go on the same basis um the new the new songs are of course a good hook aren't they it's a good way of and the new album it's a good way of you know saying oh here we are this is relevant again i'm so surprised that they did it i didn't think they'd do this again ever frankly i'm surprised mm. that 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 Anna Frid agreed to it really it's um it seems very sort of strange that, that they're doing this now but in a way rather lovely that it's sort of a 40 40 and a bit years I wonder if it was meant to be done previously but was you know set back due to COVID and the general world situation but I it's you know it's it's an interest it's an in they've done this in quite a thoughtful way I think the comeback songs are very thoughtful and I'm really as someone said a very interesting um not the I I am um, my my screen's just gone so but but don't shut me down i think we were talking yesterday Mm. apparently the reason that that song sounds so euphoric is that there is a key change in the in the in the song but it's done one tone at a time when the song when the song alternates between verses and choruses which means they have changed the key of the song but it's done in such a gradual way that you don't notice it so the euphoria is just kind of spread very slowly maybe that's maybe that's a kind of a you know a a, a way of looking at comebacks generally just spread the euphoria really slowly Mm. so just have loads of just Mm. have loads of loads of these gigs um i'm looking forward to, to the album coming out and i i think part of me thinks although this is quite an unusual spectacle having said that i would have expect i'm surprised the ticket prices weren't slightly more mm-hmm. given that it's mm-hmm. uh, given that it is like you said there's a live band and yes they're only there via hologram but it's it's an interesting it's an interesting idea and at least they are you could say oh well it, you know isn't it isn't it money making that they're not even there on stage that they're just mm-hmm. a hologram but then part of me thinks yeah but the tickets aren't exorbitant and it's done in quite an interesting way they're doing something that's a little bit they're doing it with new material it's not like the elvis stuff where you just saw the holograms singing the same old songs mm-hmm. it's 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 intriguing i think this yeah, I mean, the more technology improves and imitates real life ever more closely, we're, we're going to see more of this, I think. I'm, I'm not dissing the ABBA concerts, as I feel fairly sure. Um, I go to see a, a realistic digital Beatles in concert, yes. I think. Uh, stress on the, if it was realistic. Yes. Um, the great thing, of course, for artists and in the, in the future, their descendants, I suppose, is these things can just run and run, as you alluded yeah. to. I mean, the bands or singers don't get tired don't need expensive contract riders the show can go on 24 hours a day if you like so where will it all take us I think as as you hinted at there it's very likely that because they could always um, have a changing band you know the 10 members could be fluid so um, essentially this could just run and run and run I mean I I know it's perhaps a strange analogy but I always think of the the London Eye which was put Mm. up to celebrate the millennium and was and it's still there and people still go all the time exactly it was going to come down I think after three months or something and as you rightly say 21 years later 
here it's it's still there so well, it's part of it, the landscape now isn't it it's, it's a permanent so. part of London it's one of the things that you do I think if you were to visit London I've, I've been on the London Eye before and it is it's genius it's because London it, things. Yeah. exactly you, you move so slowly that you get these stunning views of London particularly on a nice day you get these stunning views of London without even sort of noticing that you're moving really because the whole thing yeah. is done so slowly so it's, in, in, it's really nice in five years time people may say oh um let's go and visit london yeah we must do the london eye and yeah. of course the abba experience yes and um, then go to buckingham palace you know it might oh, exactly. become one of those things it's, yeah. which is which is is sort of testament to how like i say how ingrained abba are in our mm. culture really it's it's and i know there's the abba museum in sweden and i know so many people that have gone to that and you mm. know you can pose to be in, in in the album covers and stuff and i would quite mm. like to do that really so so yeah I, I although it's although there is a slightly dystopian aspect to this having said that they are open about the fact that this is what this is and mm. so I, I wouldn't like the idea of hologram performances overtaking all live performance I would find that very creepy and weird but maybe there's a place for everything alongside things and given the slightly strange world that we're still living in maybe maybe it's, it's custom built for that isn't it because it doesn't matter if the band can't travel due to covid well that's it Thank, now, now, thanks very much for listening this week. But were we actually here or are we digital replacements? <laughs> I'm not sure myself. I was going to say, I pre-recorded. We certainly pre-recorded the, the Roy Chubby Brown topic because I think that both of us said exactly what everybody thought we'd say. So, <laughs> so yes, we weren't even here this week. I'm actually playing golf as we're recording this. <laughs> <laughs> but you can hear Juliet live over the weekend. You can, if you wish. And by the way, echoing Terence's sentiments, thank you very much for mm. your continued listenership. It's nice to know there are people, quote unquote, out there. Yes, I do a live radio show, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday evenings, Mixler, M-I-X-L-R.com. And then if you search for my name on there, Juliet Harris, you find my channel, my live page. Um, if you miss it and you'd like to catch up, there are loads of them on my showreel. There's a showreel button on my live page. If you press that, um, you can catch up on previous shows. Uh, smooth sailing, we just do nice music, really. Yacht rock. MOR, nothing too challenging, but equally sort of music that I find relaxing yet uplifting. So if you'd like to hop onto the yacht with us, then please do. Now, you've picked our last track this week. I hadn't come across this band before, but now I'm totally addicted to this album. Well, I'm delighted to have lightened your life in something like that. A very interesting, it's always good when you can't pronounce a band's name. They're called, I'm calling them wooden ships, but ships is spelt S-H-J-I-P-S. We live in a crazy world now where bands are constantly having to outwit um, internet search engines. So I went on a complete rant to a friend of mine once about the fact that churches is spelt with a V instead of the U mm. and why are people so stupid? And he rightly pointed out, well, it evades into it, it means that you will ultimately get a result from an internet searches engine, internet search engine, don't you? So which I thought was a very shrewd observation. So yes. it wouldn't ships or ships as we're calling them. Um, yeah. I, I, the band I've come across entirely on cover mount CDs from Mojo and Uncut magazine. Mm. Um, I do, and Word as well. I think that Word mm. late on were, were champions of them as well. Um, this track I got from Mojo Psych Ops, a 15 new garage rock nuggets. Um, not, you know, not, not familiar with them otherwise, but absolutely loveless, like you say. I think it's such a, it's, it's, it's like, it's like an odyssey, but without the sort of terrible jazz odyssey connotations that, um, <laughs> that, 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 that mm. might otherwise <laughs> imply. I no really like this i think it's great and i'm delighted that you've enjoyed it as well it's fantastic Uh, these are wooden chips and uh, this particular track is golden flower
You've been listening to a Parish Council production.